The following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Consented once, so you already consented. Consent again? (laughs) Oh no, you'd already consented once. Uh, Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, We are not live tonight. Uh, We are actually on a replay because this weekend's the Fourth of July. So me and some of the players got ahead, uh, got together a little ahead of time, and instead of having actual campaign or a one-shot session. What we decided to do was give Remus and Howard a chance to pull back the veil and ask questions from the, to the DM, propose some uh, open questions to each other possibly, and share and divulge what they wish to. But we're going to look into some fun, maybe go into some backstory for the characters, throw them some interesting questions on their own decision uh, choices and what has influenced it along the way. Yes, I have talked to all of the players uh, separately behind the scenes, off air, uh, individually. So I know a bit of where they are and where they're coming from and what has influenced their decisions to be where we're at. But we want to kind of peel back that uh, veil for you guys. Uh, You guys are so awesome watching us each week over on our Twitch at podcasters underscore. We also go live on our Facebook pod dash casters tabletop gaming as well as we do have the social media on instagram at podcasters underscore tabletop gaming so please make sure if you haven't done so hit like subscribe and follow we also do go live on youtube if that's your thing but for the most interaction with our players because they do like to comment in the chat as well head on over to that twitch make sure you hit subscribe and we do go live uh, for the most part every sunday night from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and wrap up around 9 to 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on uh, in p.m. Uh, before we get into our uh, discussion tonight any further, please, if you haven't yet, make sure to check out our sponsor, DCT Industries. You can get them on Facebook at dctindustries.tabletopgaming as well as on Instagram, DCT underscore industries. They have a new game that they're dropping called Kaimon. It's a mix of war gaming meets uh, the monster collecting genres such as Pokemon, Digimon, uh, Bakugan, where you and other players will battle each other, three Kaimon on a board. Uh, they have a series of attacks that you can choose to uh, make D6 rolls to decide whether you hit with the damage. And it's fun. It's played on a standard two by two gaming board. The terrain brings in advantages and disadvantages as well as a little extra perks. I was able to play a few sessions with it. It was really fun. And I highly advise you to head on over. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and check out some of the Kaimon because there'll be more coming to you later this year. All right, guys, let's get into tonight's discussion. Uh, I'm Anthony, your Dungeon Master generally, but tonight we got uh, Ricky Coates, Danny Chavez, Mark Warner. Uh, guys, uh, we'll say, Danny, introduce who you do play generally, give us your uh, character and their class, maybe their subclass too. Hey guys, Danny Chavez. Um, I play Howard, the human uh, warlock, who has taken a pact with one of the great old ones. So there's that element to it. But um, yeah, 
I don't know what else you want to know about Howard. He's a warlock. He's uh, very conflicted at this moment. If you're caught up, I don't want to give away too much spoilers if you haven't yet, but he's very conflicted with his, his being and his, he's going through an existential crisis is basically like the best way to say it. So yeah, that's where he's currently at. I do feel we do see uh <laughs> we do see uh Howard have those existential crises and it's very fun. I'm sorry yeah. that I put him through this and I hope it's not you know I hope you're not living vicariously through Howard and I'm putting you through the existential crisis. Oh god no. No no no. Like for me Daniel this is like my Christmas. I absolutely love it. Howard on the other hand hates you, but like Danny loves loves this so. <laughs> all right, that's all that matters. All right, uh we have our our uh, rogue Remus. Ricky, introduce yourself, please. I'm Remus. Uh, I don't know. I still don't know why I do that every time. I just I think I did it the first week and I just kept going with it. It's become like your staple <laughs> card, man. Every time you introduce it's just yourself. like <laughs> um, I'm Ricky Coates. I play Remus, our tiefling rogue, soul knife rogue, I guess, which. I didn't even know I was going to play till it was suggested or I, I think I just looked through a bunch of stuff and I, it was some new unearthed arcana at the time. And I was like, Hey, do you want to try and work with this? And Anthony being the, I want to say Anthony's a very flexible dungeon master. He's very good with like trying stuff out. He want like, if you're willing to try something out and like, even if it's, it's like two OP, we'll like, we'll nerf some stuff or like, we'll work on different things and make it cohesive to the game. So everyone's having fun with it. Exactly. Right, what Anthony? He said. Exactly. What he said. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, things. Especially in the beginning with like, I loved the little blood mask thing. Cause that regenerated my HP to a certain point. And you're like, yeah, no, that's two OP. Nick's. <laughs> Well, I, I nixed it in a in a fun, creative way. Yeah, no, dude, I love it though. Um, and I'll say, as I as I said before, I'm a newer DM, and you guys really, you guys were my testing grounds at the very, very beginning. I learned a, I don't know if I don't want to say it's a rookie DM mistake, but I learned a uh, a common dungeon master mistake of wanting to reward players with magic items so uh abundantly and there's a reason that by level five you should maybe only have one or two magic items maybe you know you start collecting magical items that start i have to upscale encounters and it becomes a constant fight not only with you but i'm also fighting myself and that's not fun Uh, real quick just quick disclaimer throughout this there there is gonna be spoilers going through so if you don't want to be spoiled on the inner workings of our players and their thoughts um don't watch this episode, unfortunately. Uh, make sure you catch up to where you're at. And maybe when we're, when we're wrapped up on a chapter or end the campaign, then come back to this. But this will be a fun discussion. Also, second disclaimer, there may be moments that you see me get up and walk away from the camera. I currently have a nice uh, print in the process over on the, th- on the 3D printer. And I don't want to have to reprint it again. I have another three hours left on it. So when I do walk up and uh, step away for a moment, my players are going to, my friends and uh, players are going to take over and they'll keep the conversation going for you also. Thank you guys so much. So we did um, great the first time so far. So yes. Far. Um, <laughs> but no, just, just to touch on that, like I think you had a really good way, not to say like of retconning it, but a smooth transition within the game of kind of piecing apart different 
magic items because like we came back from the Feywild and certain things worked for us and then other things were just the magic had properties had left them entirely like I know for me um I had I had a, a short sword from a Shivanti cleric that did an extra like d6 poison damage once per turn which it's an awesome item, by the way. Like it, it's it's more of like a, a bargaining chip with the sword itself. Like I would mm-hmm. roll, and then if I hit a certain number, like I would take the damage. Like the player I was attacking would take the poison damage. So I had those, and I had the the gloves. Of, I I'm, I'm still wearing the gloves because I'm protecting my hands, and they're not magical anymore. But they were like the conjuring gloves, so it was just like little extra cantrip things. But it like. I, I just thought it was cool because the, the way, at least from my, I haven't been playing that long, but like mm-hmm. anytime I've encountered the Feywild, it's, it's unpredictable. It's like that. Um, I've only played a, what is, I think it's a Druid once the, the, like the wild magic surge table. Oh yeah. Oh, I oh love sorcerer. That table. sorcerer. Yeah, sorcerer. Sorcerer. That's it. Yeah, that's a lot I, I love that table. And like, I feel like the Feywild ties very well into that. And then also, I just like if I could create an item that followed that table in the future for someone or anything, I would do it because I just it, it, anything can happen. It's great. It's it's so much fun. The phase is very fun and it's a really good for uh, plot. I'm kind of fixing some plot armor for myself. Uh, you know, I, I and I like that you did bring up the Shivanti blade because. I uh, when I'm going to give you guys magic items, that was one of the later ones. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll give another magic item. And I realized, oh, they're slowly collecting them. And I think when you went into went into the temple originally, you, you were looking. You're like, I'm going in looking for magic items. And I'm like, oh, wow. If you're going in specifically for items and you're looking to collect, I need to start giving trade-offs. Like, you can get this, but I'm also going to hurt and take down your health along the way. And it worked. And there was a few times that you're like, shoot, yeah, I take some extra damage here. And it was worked good. But. Real quick, Mark, did you introduce yourself yet? <laughs> no, he only introduced me and Ricky. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Mark, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. I'm Mark. Uh, I play Adol, <laughs> uh, the, the wild-shaping druid, uh, currently uh, with some changes coming up in the near future for, I think, the better. Uh, from a storytelling and from a playing perspective. And I will get more into that later on. But here I am. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to get all in. Um, so, yeah, I really use you guys as you're my testing grounds. Um, you guys helped me kind of learn how to gauge down encounters, really run with a nice uh, story, a setting. And honestly, you guys are a little bit of an ego boost for me. And I'll be very open about that because there are times I'm like, I don't think they're getting the story. I don't think they understand that what's happening. They're not connecting dots. And then you guys pull off like, no, we know that this is happening. And you're like, um, like Finks with the, uh, the, he's looking for the pages on the blood moon. And then you guys start connecting and start asking about uh, the, the way, how his eyes look and then what that will do. And then with the blood King, and you're st- and Danny Howard Steve keeps bringing that up like it's still out there. So that's somewhere. Yeah, it's like thank you. You guys aren't just taking details and just throwing it away. So with that being said, I like to open it up to you guys to say what are your char- what are your characters thinking? What is Remus's uh, and Howard's? 
thoughts. And uh, you know what? It's been a minute since Azoth had a uh, was able to ask. So even so, if if Azoth wants to drop in, what what is he thinking? So I believe I was going to say just to clarify, yes. it's really more Mark, Tony, and Ricky that are pretty good at like putting pieces of the threads together. I'm just sitting along for the ride, like I don't fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> And then Mark will say something and be like, oh, yeah, that's good. Like, I just play it off as like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. But no, <laughs> for the most part, it's the three of them carrying me around. So just don't don't believe the facade of like, oh, I know what Howard's doing because I really don't. Well, I mean, they do carry Howard around at times, too. I think. They do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they Quite do. Literally. literally, figuratively. <laughs> so opening the door. Um, what what would uh, Howard, Remus, even Azoth, what are they thinking? What do they want to know? What's something that they've wanted to ask? Oh, hold on. Before we jump into that, yes, because we, we did this with uh, myself and uh, Tony. Yes. Why don't? Well, I mean, you guys kind of did. Why don't you guys tell us a little about Howard and Remus? Just a quick yes. kind of uh, quick kind of recap from where you guys, because you guys started before Tony and I did. So you've got a yeah. little bit of a story and history going on. So why don't you kind of catch us all up to speed on, you know, who, who are you? What are you doing? What's your goal? Like that kind of a thing. And then pick yeah, up. We'll jump into there. Mark. Yeah. Great idea. Let's go with that guys. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Who wants to jump? Ricky, you want to go first or me? Uh, sure. I'll go first. All right. <laughs> uh, um, I'm Remus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so uh, yeah, let's, let's go back it's about a year and a quarter now, a year and a couple months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Anthony days. asked me if I wanted to do a D&D, uh, like a game, and we were going to stream it and like podcast it maybe, see how it goes, do a couple things. I was like, all right, cool. Um, I, I, I've i been playing for a little while. It was like D&D was something I found after taking a break from uh, when I first stopped touring full time and like came back to the area before I started playing and filling in and working again in music. Um, so it was cool. I love D&D because it's a very good creative outlet to let your brain wander different ways. Um, and I will always appreciate that. So Remus, um, Remus started, one thing I like to do with characters is I like to half make, not like half make them, but like three quarters make them. I like to make it like a, a base, leave some vagities because I, I like to like have a, a not like yeah i guess a give and take with uh with the dm like i like to leave some things for them to either like contribute flavor wise or like work into the story however they made so like remus um if anyone's watched our first episode that's my dog tucker um if anyone's watched our first episode um it was us approaching a funeral um boom boom who was played by rick came out of the woods myself and Danny's character Howard were at the funeral yeah. which um I think I Remus was in the town pulling a long con I have no idea who he was trying to steal from um but it just made sense for a rogue backstory that I was there targeting someone trying to steal their magical items which ties into why I was trying to just collect magical items that was the thing at the beginning was like all right I'm just going to make this giant rogue magical weapon treasure horde and i think it was the that, guy that like ended up passing away that you were trying to con and like he just ended that up might have been it too yeah 
I think I think that was it. I can't remember who it was. We had started off with the it was the frozen death um, plot hook that when COVID hit last year, that it gave out uh, free samples, and that's kind of where I was like, you know what, I'll use this as like built campaign man material and break off and kind of spawn my whole little homebrew world off of this. We did start in Wild Mount, and it was a Frozen 6 storyline. I believe you could find it in the Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, but it was given to free, and it was on D&D Beyond. So I think you may even be able to see it. So we did pick up with that. And Ricky, I think you're right. That's where uh, Remus was going to be conning the man that it started the whole whole plot of. He, he died, died so I was he just died. kind of left with nothing else to do. I think you took your uh, wolves too. If I'm not no, 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 no. This oh, was no, another woman we okay, tried to get right. information from. That's right. That's who right. I still, I still, eventually, if we ever end up in the dimension or plane of Wildmount again, hope she's gone and the wolves are still there. But I don't know how time works in other planes, so that could be anything. Yeah. Um, yeah so Remus, Remus started out as just like that, uh, kind of like a simpler rogue character, but room to grow, room to build. Um, I think my bloodline, I might've just like researched a few different, cause tieflings have like a variety of different bloodlines you can go mm-hmm. through and like, and I just picked one and it, Anthony's really where the rest of the storylines came from for that. So there wasn't, Rebus kind of started out as like a, like an, not an accessory character, but like a B character almost like didn't exactly need to be a face kind of kept to himself and then just, just was there for skills filling in and then his story just kind of developed over time which now if you've been watching long enough he's he's invested he's confused he's invested but he's, he's also invested, just he's confused <laughs> like it's like i think a good way to, to describe this is just like he may like if you were in incepted like the movie inception if you were in like three layers of it but you were the guy that knew the whole time that you were inside of it, but couldn't figure out how to get out. So you're just like, I'm here. I don't really know what's going on or why it's happening, but I will take care of me and I'll make sure things go smoothly. So maybe we can get out. It's going to say, it seems like he's very accepting too. They're just like, oh, yeah, we're in a different plane. Of course we're in a different plane. Why wouldn't we be? Let's go. Well, that, that's the thing. At this point, we've, yeah, we've shifted like, oh, like four four <laughs> times <laughs> now. I love it. So, yeah, he's he's very much of like the, okay, yeah, of course this is going to happen. Why not? So let's roll with it. So that's, um, I guess that's some insight on early Remus to now. Like now we've, um, so another spoiler we've mm-hmm. gone seen found out who my dad is um who is mammon which is a money demon is the easiest way i can describe he's it. uh he is the oh my god i'm gonna go blank on the layer of hell he is he's the uh lord i think it's the fifth layer of hell I say, he is a like devil six, i don't remember um oh my gosh hold on let me see where is it mammon and I had a quest to get him the soul battery, which in classic classic person like Ricky fashion, I saw it, but I also misinterpreted it slightly and it went awry. So no one was happy with the end outcome. Uh, so he was not happy with me and then has now charged me with a new task that we have I've been aware of, but also we've been slightly avoiding. So maybe we're going to do it. 
I'm curious to see if you guys are going to try and really push for it. I mean, if in all fairness, as a DM, if I want you guys to go there bad enough, I may just make it happen. We'll see, though. I may so, let you guys believe it's your 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 own choice and decisions. Uh, <laughs> so so in character, Remus knows he has to do this. He's like, all right, I fucked up once. I need to like I need to do this. Like I know this guy has. I, if I can open a door randomly in another dimension and go to his office, this guy has ridiculous powers that are out of my league. So I should probably do what he's asked me to do. Like, I know he's just doing more of a kindness as like my, his quote unquote son to give me a second chance. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's always there, but like being in Barovia now, he's just like, I don't, are these, the weapons aren't here as far as I know. Like they might be, they might be in this dimension, but like, I think they're in the last ones where we're in the desert and go into the mountains. So that's where we're at. It is. Um, and I'll, I'll say that that is, there's a bit of a double tip. There's a bit of a double tip sword. Uh, it could be that I'm adapting on the fly. It could be that a story is being rewritten. It could be that you guys were not on the right track to begin with. And I let you believe that you were. Because you guys were in the uh, desert and you never confirmed any 100% sure that this is the direction we had to go. Yeah, you had some good roles, but man, you have loose say, ideas. You have loose ideas. Yeah. And I, that's one of my favorite things as a DM with you all is that I like to not lead you guys, but I feel like I'm, I bait you in multiple ways and I, I let you guys pick which direction you wish to go. Oh, I and, know. <laughs> I uh, would say you are the master of it. Oh, oh, you're funny. <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> you're funny. Um, no, but that, I, I mean, that's that's the fun of the game, too, is like, I don't, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, but like sometimes I pick up on when there there's bait being led for other players. And I'm just like, I, I can't do anything. I just really want to see what happens now. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. There's times too, like for instance, with the whole crown thing, like I wanted to like really go into the mist and go grab it, but Howard was would have been more like, eh, maybe not, just given like especially like what he just went through. So <laughs> having Finks go for him was like And that's a Finks thing to do. And that's a Finks thing to do too. So <laughs> it's like realizing the baits and then like realizing like, okay, who would actually fall for it? Finks would. Okay. Let's send <laughs> it's not even that he's falling for it. He's I know. Like, like he's yeah, okay. go. like, that's his thing. So yeah. Finks is a fun character. Um, you know, Danny, you brought up Howard. Uh, let's jump in. Uh, so Howard, this is a kind of origin story. You know, Remus was a trying to play the long con in Isle Cross uh, over in Wildmount. What was Howard's kind of backstory and you know, how, how did he end up leading to this funeral? I don't fully recall it. I believe we were just kind of like, you're all at the funeral. And then you yeah, saw basically like walking just out happened the to field. Be, all right. So backstory on Howard. Howard was like a two, not even minute backstory that I wrote for him. Uh, he was originally based off of a different game that I used to play with a different game group um, in Pathfinder that was like following this whole it was very much of like a Eldritch campaign guide. So that's where I got the inspiration for Howard. Um, and then that group kind of fell apart and you at like the same time that that fell apart, you were like, Hey, I'm trying to put together this group. Would you want to do that? I was like, yeah, sure. I want to bring Howard over. I love him. Uh, so that's how he originated, but his backstory is more just like, 
he was the kid that was just like pushed around his entire life. He got tired of it. And one day he doesn't remember how it happened, but he made a pact with a unknown certainty um, entity that uh, would grant him power to not be pushed around anymore and to actually push back the bullies, I guess, if you want to call it that um, at the expense of what he doesn't know. So I, didn't want to go like too far like oh like what does he know? i love leaving i'm the same as ricky like i like leaving that open and vague yes like if howard doesn't know it i don't want to know it until either anthony comes up with something and blows my mind half of the time and i'm just like well done i couldn't even thought something better you know but uh yeah so that's his basic like background it's just like very basic he just didn't want to be pushed around anymore so he made a deal and now he's the pusher Yes, it's really cool to see how Howard is. He's not a hardy guy and he still, he doesn't like to back down. Like he puts himself in these situations of, I probably shouldn't do this. Probably going to get hurt. I'm going to go push the button. And that's a challenge too, because like as a gamer, I'm very much of like the ranged. And as you can tell, like I typically try to stay ranged whenever like we're Mm -hmm. in combat situations. That's like my play style. So, like, sometimes it's hard for me to, like, go against that because that's what Howard would do in that moment. So, like, it's, it's a lot of fun for me just, like, tapping into that whole aspect of myself, I guess, if you want to call it that. I don't know. Yeah. And, like, just trying something completely different and just being like, you know, this isn't something I normally would do. But as Howard, what would he do in this instance? Mm-hmm. So, it's very, it's been very fun to see Howard's journey and everyone i feel like i try to you know give everyone's characters a fair share that's one of the one of the tasks that i feel is a dungeon master that is part of a part of the responsibility yes is it a collaborate at least in my the way i see uh how fifth edition is to be played is it's more of a collaborative storytelling it really is yes there is a peril that it's a game and there's rules and those rules are in place to, that can be broken at moments, but they're in place to keep uh, nothing too overpowered to keep it in check. But if such a focus on role-playing interaction, and that's something that is harder for me, but to make sure that I also give each of you your own chance and opportunity to progress your own stories and to see Howard slowly build this feeling, this affinity to starting a, wanting to start a cult to seeing where he may go now with developments in Barovia. It's, it's interesting because I've given Remus his time with Mammoth and trying to be like, all right, here's your moments here. If you have your side, you've had side conversations of like, what are you doing? Danny, we've had side conversations with Howard and his patron and where that's going. Mark, we've had discussions with Azoth. Be like, all right, so what are we doing? How, how, and the discussions are more so on the actual character himself rather right. than the backstory. And that's one of the good, one of the great aspects about having you on this. And it's fun because it's like getting to watch someone not, I want to say learn, but it's kind of learning on the fly too. And it's oh, yeah. very rewarding to see everyone give their all. You guys are not lazy players, and I'm very vocal about that. I tell my friends, I tell anyone else I, I, that I talk D&D with, I tell you guys this. You guys are not lazy, and you all put your – go. you all, you all bring uh, under 
on Sunday nights. That's what I love. So, yeah, that's, that's one thing I do have to say about this group. And I love playing with you guys is like, that's the first time I've ever actually met you through zoom. Like I've never actually physically met you mainly cause I'm in Florida, mm-hmm. but like, this is like the first time meeting you guys was like through our first game nights together. And like, I don't know, for me, it's like, I've, I've gained a couple of friends now and it's like, I could really like trust these guys. And, you know, it, it's very, I don't know. I guess it's just like a testament of like how we mesh well together and like how we play well together. And like we're able to go off of each other and bounce ideas off of each other that I don't know. It's just, I, I love this group. So you guys are awesome. Yeah. Well, so uh, Howard and Remus's beat intro, uh, a little bit of an origin started in wild Mount. Um, yeah. I ended up plane shifting you all and forcing that to be able to bring it to a homebrew world. And at the time we were incorporating some other players because I was trying to expand the party a little bit. And I'll say this one as a dungeon master, uh, a rule that I, I kind of a, a rule, a, a lesson I learned was know the party and be cautious before just saying, hey, let's bring new people into this also. Because it's awesome and fun, but if you're newer at this and you're not used to having new players jump in and earlier on in a campaign because it was only like four sessions before we brought in Arlo and Rune. And it it was only like four or five sessions in. they jumped in and it was like, all right, party dynamic had a little bit of a shift and you all kind of adapted and meshed. And we went for a little bit, but then there's been other dynamic changes. And that's where it was very hard for me to say, well, who would come in to fill in with Danny and Ricky? Because no, with um, Rick, Rick was getting busy with work. We understood the boom, boom was going to stop off. We had a great send off uh, performance with boom, boom and mama and uh, in Brian's spell. I'm sorry, not Brian's spell. That was in, Berghold? that was in Berghold. I think so. That was in Berghold, the church of Bahamut. Yeah. Um, over by Puff's shop. Which I have to say, bravo for having him come back as a guest because now you've thrown Howard into a loop. <laughs> I still don't know. I still don't know if he was actually Boom Boom or if it was like Boom Boom at like. I don't know, but he forced Howard to remember everything. So that that has consequences and I'm all for it. So I am but sorry. It's but- like it's no, it, don't be sorry. It's great, man. Like I, I love like being thrown curveballs and you're like, oh, crap. OK, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to work this? Like right now for like a little bit behind the scenes, Howard um isn't sure if he wants to continue as a warlock or if he wants to try to multi-class into something else um he's very much on the fence right now and kind of like up in the air to see like what pans out before he makes that decision so i i don't i don't know if this i just today was the first time that i've actually heard both of your guys's backstory uh for remus i just from playing with you and then going to see Mamma and you're like, Oh, that was my dad. And like, oh, okay. You can put the pieces together uh, as a character and as a player uh, for Howard. I was just like, it's a dude in a mask and a yellow coat and there's some King or whatever, but hearing you talk about the, uh, the background of him just running through the back of my mind right now. I don't know if this was intentional or not. Um, Kratos and the God of war series. I, I yeah. love that series like it's one of my favorite ones to play on the playstation um but if you're not familiar with the game 
uh, or the, that arc, Kratos quite literally is the leader of the Spartans and he makes a deal with Ares, the god of war. He basically says, come and help me defeat my foes and I'm yours. And that kind of just reminded me of your thing with the uh, the patron. You're like, help me with as a you know weakling, stand up for it. And then if you follow the god of war story, he kind of goes along and he wants to now like, because of the um, the consequences of accepting his offer, basically is what's driving him now um he killed his family and now he's angry at the god of war and he wants to kill the god like he's on yeah. this hell-bent quest for revenge and more recently in the storyline he's made it to um the norse gods in the god yeah. of war for playstation 4 and you see him now as a humbled old man kind of like trying to forget not so much forget as kind of put away his past and mm-hmm. like it totally is just reminding me right now. If you're like, he doesn't know if he wants to do it anymore. I'm like, holy shit, you're Kratos. You are like, like, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I love it. That just makes me now love Howard even more. Oh, that's awesome. That there's this like, I don't even know if it was like supposed to happen that way, but this whole boom yeah. thing and, and remembering, like you're just getting that flooded back to your like, I just may have made some really bad decision. I'm like, I got, I, I love this. This yeah. is so awesome and from howard's point like being that kid that was like always pushed around and like yeah he did whatever deal he did to gain power and like never let that happen again the it's more of like the sudden realization that he was pushed around again unbeknownst to him like he was tricked into being forced into doing things that he normally wouldn't do so when it like all the memories flooded back and everything for him it's more of just like uh oh shit like i was duped again and i was pushed into doing shit how am I going to uh, rectify this? How am I going to fix this? And how am I going to possibly get revenge or figure out a way? But he's very unsure right now just because it is an elder god that he is gaining his power from. So he may have his power still. It may be taken away from him. He's, he doesn't know. He's he's playing it safe at the moment just to see like what may happen. But he'll, he'll definitely come up with some kind of uh, retribution. Warlocks are very fun. To have yeah. in your party as a dungeon master um yeah. a few of the campaigns i have attempted to start and run and i am ran and that i have ran i've had howard boom boom was a warlock yeah. um one of my hope one of my friends players uh they had a tiefling that was a uh packed with a fae and their patron was the uh summer court tatiana or is it T- titania her name is titania tatiana is it tatiana i guess one of the, i go blank I, but like it, it's what she we didn't go far in it she uh i brought them to barovia and she her character took a dark spin because barovia is not your classic setting barovia is very much it's a gothic horror setting I mean, yeah it's very much gothic horror which like i like to and for howard's sake him already like starting to lean toward darker and uh like tendencies and stuff like that before the memories came back like it's very i'm kind of interested to see like what's going to happen with him as far as like is he going to go back that dark route again like how much is he willing to regain power to do whatever but knowing now at the cost of like what it's going to cost him for it so yeah it's some very it leaves him very on the fence morally yeah Warlocks create instant plot plot hooks. 
It literally, you're, you're, when you have, when you're a dungeon master and you have a warlock in your party, you're, you're bringing in a plot hook established already. Whether it being someone that has ties to an elder god, and it's one of those, you don't have to do much interaction as the, as the patron, but it's still that's that's a whole narrative that you can build off of. You're not given a, uh, just be like you're not giving me a fighter that has. Oh well, they're a fighter and they're a knight, and that's that. Okay, even if you're like, hey, they're a warlock. I really don't know what they do. That's Cthulhu. You may not have any interaction with them, but because you have Cthulhu, you we are now bringing in cults, weird eldritch monsters, aberrations. Mm-hmm. You're not—I mean, you're not going to be—you're not going to go unnoticed. You know, I mean, that is one of Howard's goals, and uh, it may or may not be my one of my New Year's resolutions was to start a cult. So if it's through Howard, then hey, I succeeded. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so. With uh, with the with the background of that, uh, I open it up because we took you guys from Wildmount. You came over to Fabala. You made some friends. You ended up fighting a dragon in the Shavanti Temple where Remus had found his sword. You had found the mask. No, you found the mask at Burghold. Yeah, you. I, yes, just I I completely forgot about, about the dragon. That, like the black dragon encounter yeah, and dragon, just yeah, how yeah. ridiculous it went down. Like I have yes. the golden dragon claw in my inventory still. And like, I just, I for like, it just clicked with me now. Just the ridiculousness of that encounter. <laughs> um, but also I wanted to just touch on, yes. I, I, was gonna say. I love that you like your transitions. Like I, I know you, you talked about it a little bit earlier, how you, you were like struggling at first, to, like think of a good way for like, players to come in come out stuff like that i think everyone we've done so far has been great like the way rune and um arlo oh my god arlo arlo Arlo. we're we're all teleported in at the same time so it's just chaos no one knows what's going on and there's just Mm -hmm. what i assume is some sort of decrepit vampire thing also being teleported in with us or like how Howard and I just happened to end up in, or Howard and I and Boom Boom, I think, ended up in a prison cart with Finks and Azoth. Like, yeah. it's it just, just simple little things, but like, they make it fit so well that it's not really that, like, it's not bumpy. It, it allows for that organic kind of transition and growth within the party, too. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys, it was, it felt, you, well, I'll say this one. Mark and Tony both let me very much play the hand as I wished. And they were like, you set us up how you need it to be. And I did a little bit of background discussion with them both. Be like, all right, where are we going to be? But it felt very much like a, a session zero all over again. And that's, I think, one of the things that felt with the, with you with you guys as a Fabala 5 felt really strong and solid because it was like, campaign was having a not a not i don't want to say a, re- a reboot but a soft reboot in a way but moving from Berghold, you guys have definitely grown from because when it was just you and uh when it was just remus and howard you guys were task efficient a b and c we're going to the farm we're taking this down we're yeah, coming we back we got the pegasus shit all right we're going to the shop still, we're this. i was gonna say there's so some many missing holes girls left. still <laughs> 
screaming girl. Oh, the screaming stopped. Eh, she she's either dead or oh, that scarecrow just vanished yeah. into the woods. All right. All right, whatever. <laughs> I got my Pegasus. That's all I care about. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, and they oh, sold man. us out. Dang. I know, dude. He still wants to go back and collect his uh his reward for money. That. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was like before he could collect it, he got carried away by guards and then being hauled off to the next <laughs> town. So. Listen, I had, I, had a, collect, I had a session I had to move forward with. I'm sorry. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> I love it. Um, but moving in from there, uh, inter- introducing with Mark and Tony, you know, Remus and Howard, you guys weren't. When you were working with Boom Boom, the three of you worked well because it was Boom Boom was more of a melee. Howard took on more of a, ma- a mage side. And Re- Re- Remus, you were the, the rogue. It was very much, you each fit into one of those niches. Bringing in the healer and a druid opened it up a little bit more now. So how did you feel? And how were Remus's and Howard's first reactions with these are new players that we are meeting new people again. Are they going to disappear? Are we going to have to forget about them? What were your thoughts bringing in when you met, when you met your new players, the new characters, not the players, the characters. I was going to say, uh, my thoughts were, thank God we finally have a healer or somebody to help us. <laughs> uh, Howard's point of view though, is in the back of his mind, he's still kind of waiting for, them to kind of disappear or whatnot just because he's used to it now with boom boom and arlo and zune or rune um but yeah so like he wasn't quite sure like what to make with these guys yeah they can tag along and they're helpful for the moment and maybe he can use them uh to his advantage for a while until he doesn't need them anymore but over time it's gotten to the point now like where he's kind of gotten used to them he's gotten to the point like where he can trust them um, as a group or like even as friends. And so again, that kind of plays into like his whole confliction of like, normally he's like, okay, you don't serve a purpose for me anymore. I don't care about you, but like these guys now he actually cares about. So it's, it's very fun to kind of keep that in the back of my mind, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Ricky. I, 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 I'd say still like, I don't know. Reeves had a similar reaction. Like, it was we've been bouncing around with so many different things so many people he's like all right well these guys are here they seem like they want to do the same thing let's just run with it like let's let's all get together we're all trying to do something like no one seems to have any weird hang-ups or caveats that are like red flags in remus's head so why not go especially where like just where his idea of like where he was was he's like all right well anything could happen so we'll we'll try it we'll see what works um yeah i think i like i like our party dynamic one because we're all very like we're creative but we all we all have a lot of different assets available to us but two but especially once um boom boom had left the party especially like he was more of our melee kind of person Mm-hmm. No one's really like a strict martial class. Like I would have some light martial stuff. Azoth would have some like we we would be the two that would be more likely to go into combat, which that kind of helped not helped me, but like I did have to make a couple changes with Remus and make sure like 
I was playing it a little bit better when we got into those scenarios because I didn't want to leave us with any holes, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like, like, like um, when instead of taking stats, I took the Sentinel feet. Which I mean, that, that has come in clutch in how many battles? Yeah. And, Funny, and, you, like, like a... and you're running with the, even the sword play too. Like you are really like, all right, I'm used like you've, I, uh, you have another sword that you have too. That I think you I, found. I, have a, I keep a rapier now because yeah. no, for anyone else, like it doesn't really make sense for them to go up and in at, as, as a rogue, like one of the styles of play for rogues, at least from what I've learned, which this, I think this is my second rogue I've ever played um, is you're supposed to be more like a kite. You're supposed to like you, you, you bob and like, I don't know. I, I don't even use kites, so I can't use terminology, but like you come in and then you get out. Like you move left, you move right. Like mm-hmm. that bonus, like you go in, you attack, and then you bonus action disengage and get out of there. So you're not left vulnerable because rogues are still kind of like they're not the most squishy, but they're not like we're not wearing heavy armor. We're not using shields. Like we don't have a crazy AC by any means. Mm-hmm. So these these are the things I think about at times. <laughs> I think you do it well and Azoth definitely has picked up with the melee as a uh, B shape, and you're using it to your uh, to the party's advantage. And then even Finks has been a co- been more conscious of combat combative spells. I mean, he's there to help and heal you guys, but there there have been a few fights that he's, he's chosen he- he's chosen to fight rather than heal. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's got his his spiritual weapons, his spiritual guardians. He's got Mark. I think you like I especially like Anthony said, like jumping into this is and not after playing for a while. I don't know much about druids, but the way you've kind of honed how you use your wild shapes, your bracelet, and like it's very tactile and it's awesome. Like it's 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 a wide cast net too. So like you use different animal shapes for different things. Yeah, um, that that's honestly that that's mostly a fluke and lots of research um i look back at the uh the very first session with you guys and how much i actually sat back in that session a lot of it was because we hadn't been introduced yet but once we came into the picture and there was the uh the battle that was happening at the stage with all the spellcasters and the beholder and everything like i didn't know what i was doing and I really didn't want to come off. I can say this now. I really didn't want to come off as not knowing what I was doing. I, I mean, I legit was like, I couldn't tell you what dice to roll, what I needed to do, what the, the rules of combat or anything were. So I wanted to play it safe and play it back. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like uh, Anthony had mentioned earlier, the whole idea of trying to really figure out Azoth and how to play as him or go the, the, Circle. Whatever the, the routes, you know, the different things like I was really trying to, again, and this is where the, that, that research came into play. Um, it took me a lot of like different reading on D and D beyond with like druids and the different the subclasses. There's so much like on the surface and then you really have to go deeper if you want to invest in it. And I realized that that's what I was doing. So on my downtime between like, study halls and things like that when I was teaching I was like flipping through D&D Beyond and I was like really trying to piece out what I could do to be more of a support character and be more involved and then 
that's when this whole like wild shape thing. And that's when we were in the, uh, I think when we were in the desert is when I really got into when we were in that temple and everything is really trying to experiment with how it can be used uh, in that sense. So um, I just, I just contribute that to researching and not wanting to feel like I was letting anybody down by not knowing what I was doing and just kind of like half-assing it. Like as fun as this is and as fun as it is to like hang out with you guys and play and just kind of like, you know, eat some Cheez-Its and whatnot. A lot of it too is like, I, I treat it serious. Like I don't want to do something stupid to throw out. Like Anthony puts in work to write the story and to figure out what we're doing. We all take time out of our schedules to come together to have fun and essentially perform for whoever's listening or watching. So mm-hmm. in essence, we are working and I don't want to be that guy that just kind of comes in and slacks off and doesn't put in his all, but, you know, wants to be able to be like, you know, I did it as best as I could with what I had available and what can I bring to help contribute? So, you know, a lot of it came to from watching you guys and, you know, seeing how you guys are doing things like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. All right. We've got a chance to ask questions to like, can I do this? instead of just assuming uh that so yeah well put yeah thanks that's the beautiful thing about D &D too and yeah like the beautiful thing about like this game and especially anthony as like a dungeon master is he's very willing to adapt or like give you that oh i want to try this yeah sure why not let's try it and see where this goes Mm -hmm. um and like with this game it's very much of like a open world like the world is your oyster. You can do whatever you want in here. Now there are certain rules that you can sometimes have to follow or whatnot. And you know, that's up to Anthony's discretion, but overall, man, we're, yeah, we want to go, you know, steal Pegasus. Why not? You know, what really helped too, honestly, is your guys's one-offs. Yeah. The, the, the Podsville specials, the oh. <laughs> Christmas and even yours at the manor, Danny, yeah. when you led it was a great way to also see how somebody else DMs. And I'll speak for Titus. He's not here tonight, but he had a blast and he thought you did an awesome job. And both you, Anthony and Danny kind of helped him inspire him to write his own uh, campaign. That's Uh, awesome. And that's something that he's been working on for him and his friends. I don't know if he's gotten to do it yet or anything, but he's learned from the two of you guys and like you both, on those one-offs because you get to have a little bit more fun. It's not really tied into anything. If something horrible happens and somebody dies, it doesn't really like throw anything off. It was like fun, but at the same time you realize it helps reinforce things you can do or can't do and, and gives you a chance to do something different. So I have to give you two a lot of credit for that because I think that in turn as well, the pacing of those kind of helped me see like, Oh, I can play this way so yeah you wh- the reason i i whenever i talk about D and people are like really you play D and apart from the whole like breaking the norm or breaking that whole like the which the expectations of what you like when you when you hear D, what you think the reason i jumped into it was i finally was fed up and put up i tell them like oh you want to play D D? because it's a game that can't tell me i can't do something i was finally tired of playing skyrim for the 10th time in a row and I get to a hill and it's like, why can't I jump onto the top of this hill? 
I, I'm literally a, a fighter. I'm not a mage. I'm not a wizard. Like I'm a ranger. Like I should be able to get to the top of this part. It won't let me. I got to play. I, I'm doing something different. And this game allowed that for me. And that's why I really promote as a DM. If you want to make a role, sh- sure. And perfect example was the, the uh, painting the giant canvas painting in the very first episode or is it the second episode with boom yeah. boom he's like i want to roll this and i'm like roll a hundred roll a percentile dice and it's like yeah man I, I guess i guess it listens it works like when it's not when it's something that's way out of the out out there i'll tell you roll a percentile die it's a percentage well it's gonna be really you gotta roll really really low to, to get it if you do you do but i try to give it i try to um I try to give it where I can. He has heard and listened through any and every silly, like yep. crazy, out there, creative idea <laughs> I've had this entire campaign. And I, I, oh. to, to be honest, like I've been yep. very fortunate because between Anthony and the, the couple other friends I've had DM me, it, they've all been very like they're willing. They're willing to mm-hmm. hear stuff out. Like I've heard horror stories from other people that are like some DMs are just very handbook that's it like you you're playing by these rules we're not going to try and figure this out or like see if we can flesh out these things so it's it's awesome it's awesome to have that sort of free free reign to just be like all right well if i think of this why can't i think of it this way and try this out from this perspective mm-hmm. um but dude as, as far as like i thought for for personally from like remus's standpoint it is off it's just Azoth developing as himself. Like he's figuring in himself out as he goes through his journey. He's like, Oh, I can do this. Like I can try these things. And like, I have these abilities I didn't really know I had before. So it all pieces together. Like I, yeah. Like I'm, I I'm never, is, I was going to say one thing I love too, is like watching you take, for instance, shape water, which is like a, whatever little spell that, Oh yeah, I can move it's water and help get through cantrip. And you have found like some of the most creative ways of using it that I'm like, yes, let's get this. Let's do this, man. I'm all for it. So bravo to you, man. Just like, I know like for you, like you're learning as you're going along, but like standing back as like a player who's like, I'm not really a veteran. So I can't really say that I have played for a few years now, but like just being able to sit back and watch you like kind of build up and like develop that. dude. It's, it's great, man. I love it. When, so when we were in, it was the Feywild. Was it the Fey? No. Where did we meet up with uh, Feywild? Uh, with John. Feywild. Is that, is the yep, Feywild? that was Feywild. So yeah. <laughs> um, I was having so many conversations with Anthony on the side for like weirdly odd. Like you guys didn't know this, but I was like, so guys, like I was like, Anthony, technically blood is a liquid. It's not water, but there is water in blood. So I could I like freeze the blood and expand it and explode him from the inside? He's like, no. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was like, I was getting into weird, like, yeah. there's moisture in the air. So if we breathe it in, can we do like that Magneto thing from X-Men where he just like sucks it out of him and it just rips him full of hole? And I'm like, no. He can't but, do that. But <laughs> he heard it out. He heard it yeah, out. He, he heard it out. It. He took the time to actually listen. As crazy as it was, and he was like, "No, but there was always a yeah, but." I think it wasn't just a flat those out ideas no. are awesome. Mm-hmm. It wasn't but, a flat out no. It was always no, but, and then it was like that makes more sense. We can roll with this, but yeah, that that's where Anthony and his his ability to uh, 
listen to us and our needs because he wants to it's it's he knows it's not about him it isn't it's it's about he, all of us putting he, this in together i mean it's not making it about him yep mm-hmm. it's like you realize we are we're the spices to make your chicken not bland exactly and we all i i would say at least from my standpoint like we all do very well to have similar levels of spice no one yeah. we all we're all it, it's great because i i watch and like we are all very active about listening to each other and like oh you're trying to do something right all right cool do your thing like we'll and get involved when it makes sense but we're not no one's trying to no one's yeah, trying, to trying to like step on take each other's over. toes yeah I, there's never been a point too where and, and i i've watched since started playing i've watched other people and you know i try and stay away from like the popular dnd shows even though they're fun to watch but to like really see how people play mm-hmm. um you know i've caught like other shows and stuff like that and you'll see where the dm is maybe focusing on for the, the purpose of storytelling on a particular character like maybe anthony's focusing on remus and what he's going through and it's taking a bit of time you know there's a lot that's happening even though in game time it's a really quick process there's a lot of back and forth that has to happen for it to unfold um I've never seen like Danny or Tony or myself become uninvested and bored or anxious with what's going on where I've seen that with other people where they'll get sidetracked or you can kind of see they're like, when is it going to be like me? You know, meanwhile, Mm -hmm. we're all like trying to like pay attention be like, all right, what other cues can we grab from this to use uh, for ourselves to do that? And like, it's like he's forcing us to pay attention because if we don't, we're going to miss something and that can have an impact on it. So there, there have been times too that I'll drop a little bit of lore, little bits of moments, little bit of uh, just subtle details. And you all do, you'll be like, wait, hold on. I picked up on that. Okay, cool. You, yeah, it is very Damien. noticeable. <laughs> Damien being one of the that, biggest. No, hold ones. on. That's, it, that's a question. I, I need to okay. know if that was factual or if that was illusional right now, because I do not know still if Damien was actually in the temple and Howard slash Danny a hundred percent. believes so, it. The way Anthony described it was like somebody that looked like a turtle. And then he started doing the voice and it sounded like Damien. So like I messaged him, I was like, and I think uh, you asked me or something like that. Like if I picked up on something, Cause like he, I'm pretty sure you saw me like, oh shit. You're like, you were visually reacting. Yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, and so I was like, is that Damien? And you're like, yep, that's totally him. But Howard at that time lost all memory of Damien and boom, boom. So I couldn't say anything until like he finally regained his memory. And I (laughs) wouldn't have gone to that for like the last, yeah, it Mark and uh, Tony wouldn't have known that because they hadn't met him like back. This was like in the very, very beginning. Um, but that's for... that's what I love about this game yeah. and about Tony's Tony and Fink's is because he had me so thrown that I thought I was just like, oh, Fink's is calling uh Slander Turtle Man because before he figures out he's Slander. I'm just like, okay, that that's weird, but that makes sense. He, so he had me completely thrown off the trail yeah. of what was actually <laughs> real. And I saw him going to that. I saw you. I'm like, wait, are you going to, I was waiting for you to pick up on asking, is that Damien? I'm like, we'll see if he picks up and you completely, you, you ate Finks's bluff for me. And I was like, sweet. Don't have to do anything. Finks did it for me. Mm -hmm. Howard knows, but Howard can't tell anyone. So this works. (laughs) 
and that, that was that so, was so oh God, that was the inner, the inner turmoil I had to go through for like I don't know how long that was like a couple <laughs> months now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like wanting to say it, but I couldn't. Uh, yeah. It was um. But yes, I, I, I will say too. that that was Damien. Like that was very much a that was Damien. Yeah, was he's good. still he's floating around good. there. Uh, I'm curious. Danny wants to know if uh, the blood siphon daggers or the siphon daggers. Um, apparently, they don't work for Howard. However, he is still keeping. I think he has two in his inventory. If he could somehow figure out how to activate it and start stealing power, because that would kind of go in line with how he feels right now. So, I'll say, it is in the realm. It is possible for Howard to activate them, okay. but there are, are character prerequisites That's all good. when leveling up. Multi-classing, would, to, to be blunt, you'll have to multi-class for it. Okay. I have two things. One, th- that was another item I completely forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the ciphers and just them like ah. the daggers yeah with the necklace but howard's already uh, yeah i was gonna say howard's tried it and like the power didn't work for him or he couldn't figure out how to activate it so like in the back I've, of his I've, mind he still has them like in case he can figure it out and then start stealing power from people as well too so my second question is it, it's about the property of the dagger itself and you yeah. you can choose not to answer or answer anthony so when the, the dagger takes the power is it like the dagger becomes a battery and sentient becomes charged with magical power or it's more of a, like a middleman where the dagger takes the power from one to the next person. Um, with your players having enough combat and you guys did fight the spell ciphers for, for quite a few sessions, the uh, dagger was more of a conduit to kind of trans to transfer and siphon with the necklace. And you would see that uh, either it went into the necklace to be used, but it was more or less a stealing of a spell slot to then be reused against you. Gotcha. Cool. So it, so it, like the necklace itself was, it was a battery in a way, but the dagger itself was more of like the, um, the, the, the middleman, the transaction point. Okay, cool. Yeah. Th- those were fun ones. I forgot that you guys still had them too. That was like, oh yeah. They're floating around there. Yeah, we hoard everything. I have, yeah, I have a few things like the little jade statue of like the storm giant we found back in like the second session. Oh yeah, <laughs> I took that. I guess and the boom boom attack the painting. So like, I still have that in my inventory at some point. I'm sure it has nothing to do with anything, but I'm sure I'll find a, something for it. Nah, I got something. I got some plans for it. Don't worry. Yeah. That's That'll okay. I was gonna like, I was gonna like slowly start building up my own little mini army and i had like the storm giant i had the little female drider that i gave to azoth after he started to follow lolf and then i was gonna like whatever else i could find and start collecting i was just gonna create like my own little characters and have my own little army guys let me see um all right so how about this one we'll start saying uh let's do a quick little twist uh so mark yeah let everyone so azoth took the decision to literally kind of so you've been doing research on the background and you've asked me on the side, Hey, how can I learn about who is who you literally called out to Lolf? Yeah. Hail Mary play. 
Was it waiting? So have you been biting yeah, that? So, What's up with that? Because that that's a big moment. That was. So I, I think the way that that came about was I personally, honestly, I think I was just sick and tired of the dungeon crawling. Like it's fun and all, but I feel like it was very constricting. Oh yeah, he's. I don't even know if he's got his headphones on. He can hear me. Um, I'll wait till he goes back. All right. Uh, so I, I was just saying the way that came about is I, I think I was getting tired and fed up with the dungeon crawling. Like I, I get it's crucial where it's Dungeons and Dragons. But I, I, maybe I was feeling claustrophobic from just being in there. And I think I tried, I, I think I was trying to go more along the, uh, again, this is like trying something new uh, with the character. I was trying to go more the persuasive route when we were fighting whoever it was. And I thought I did a pretty good job of like charming him or being like deceitful. Cause that was in the back of my mind of being this like con person. Like maybe we can avoid this combat and kind of do this. And I was kind of like, I'll, I'll, I'll work for you. I think it was the blood King. I was like, I'll work for you. We already like decapitated three of those dudes back there. Like you need more people. I'll bring you more people. I'll, I'll be your, I'll be your go-to guy. You just kind of let us go. I'll, I'll, I'll do you. And you were like, nah, I was like, all right, you had your chance. So in my mind, in Azoth's mind, it was, there's a conflict that's already going on here that we just happened to walk into. And it's between the blood King and Wolf and her followers. So there's some beef. So since you're not going to work with me, I'll, I'm going to go play for the other team then. I'm going to go see if if they'll work for me. And that was one of those, like, I didn't feel like I could do it on my own. So I reached out and, you know, kind of was going to play off that route and work with that for a bit. And um, kind of segueing out here, this was my initial plan, but now it's going to go in a different direction. Um my next plan was now that we were going to be in, um, uh, we are in uh, uh, Bra- Bra- uh, Barovia. Barovia. Uh, where Barovia, I was going to kind of still go around that same route. And I was like, Loth has got my back currently. Will she help me out here? I don't know. If need be, then I'll go switch teams and be like, team whatever or team whatever. And I was going to kind of see how many of these different gods, deities, whatever's that I could kind of like, start to play against and maybe even have them all turn against each other and just cause some chaos. You're just going to pull a Constantine on them. Yeah. All right. But, but that's kind of going down the tube now because where we'll, where we're going to go with this. All right. So before we get into that, uh, Ricky, Danny, any other questions? Cause I think when, when Mark and Tony came out and their characters had more about what's going on, we, you guys had a lot of questions that kind of really throw at me. And I think that was maybe also either one, your player styles, um, but also you were jumping into the campaign. Right. They're coming from the, from the, uh, from the very get-go and they both, off the bat, you both were like, we don't want to know it unless we're supposed to know it. So is there anything left that you want, that you're like, that you want to know if you can know before we move forward? Anything, uh, anything left that you're like, I got to know this before we move on. Homie that we threw in the trunk that I guess was uh, transported. The nice pants guy. The nice pants. Yeah, man. (laughs) 
he ended up somewhere in the imperial in the in the empire in uh in wildmount over in um gwendol's court and okay it just it was a bad day for whoever had the other chest yeah, I was kind of interested to see like how that would all play against us later on, but then like we started jumping into different worlds and stuff. So, like Howard's point of view, it's like, oh, okay, you'll never have to deal with him again. No, nope, so that was, I was just curious. <laughs> I was like, one of the that best was things. also just like a crazy, um, like <laughs> I don't know if I would call it a character trait or flaw, but Rick just came out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna start taking pants now and giving them to the captain. Yeah. Uh, I think it was very much of like that squirrel, like that, ooh, nut, like whatever type of, like, yeah. it's like his thought process. It was like, I'm just going to take pants. Why not? <laughs> but that was, that yeah. was boom, boom though. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, uh, speaking of boom, boom, that I think that like, I've been trying to go back and think if there were any questions. All right. You don't, I guess you, you probably want answers. Was it really boom, boom? Just last week or two weeks ago. Felt very much like boom, boom. <laughs> Such a DM answer. I, I, I love that answer. Roll a percentile back. It felt like him. It felt like him. Right. You believe it was boom, boom. It felt like he was it, touching a crown in the mist. It seems like it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really have any questions about okay. the direction we're we're going just because I things are developing already in Barovia as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see I like I you could ask me what could happen next session and 40 things could probably happen. Oh, that, it's werewolves with lasers. Yeah. So a- any direction, any, like things I haven't even thought of yet, could happen, and I we're gonna we're gonna get to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll and say we uh, if you if you have played Curse of Strahd, one of the things I love about it is that the game can that you can play this module, and it starts its run from level uh, one to ten. So by the time that the characters would face off with the final villain and kind of conclude they should be reaching level 10 and you guys are jumping in late so i am going to try and follow the beats of curse of straw but i'm taking liberties with it uh, one of my favorite things is that in the game they have their own mechanic system to keep it uh fresh every time i don't know if i talked about it on air but i talked about it off air with a few of you that you know th- there's a whole idea of that there's a tarot cards involved in the game and those determine the beats of the game and depending on how you guys shuffle, how we shuffle other cards and pull them, that will lay out portions of it. And we could play this same campaign five times in Barovia. And it can be different every single time because of this, the story beats from that. So one, if you've played Curse of Strahd and you're thinking, oh, wow, this could be Fabala 5 and Curse in Barovia. They're not playing the full Curse of Strahd with from the actual module itself i am adapting it there are some homebrew elements i'm bringing into it there have been elements of a uh, van richten's guide to ravenloft that i want to bring into this as well which if you haven't checked out yet it is it is a plethora of gothic horror as well as just horror knowledge i know danny uh, i told you like mm-hmm. this is your bread and butter of a module book please check it yeah. out and i feel like 
had a little bit of a fun diving into it. Um, but th- I am keeping it new to you, new for you guys. So that at some point, if we were to say, Hey, let's try to play this from scratch with new characters at the very beginning, be very different. And that's where Ricky, you say, you know, 40 different things can happen next week. And that is very, very true. It could, I had no idea that was a thing. I, I, I believe Mark also did not know by his same similar reaction to me, like tarot cards and things just being like, for the record, I want to see a tarot card of like Kano Wolf. With like this robotic wolf with like the laser eye that comes out, man. I want to see that. I think, and Anthony, I think this has a lot to do with you and a lot to do with the other three of you guys. But I love how many times our party has come to almost full TKO. And by no, 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 and I, I, I mean this. This is this is great. This, this I, I feel like one. It shows that Anthony's not holding back. He's not. Oh, no. Like, He's not, I, I know there's probably some DMs who feel bad and they're going to be like, whatever. Or they try and avoid certain things. But for the fact that we've almost full party TKO'd on so many different occasions, but somehow we've still all managed, even when like on those days that like maybe Danny can't play or Tony can't play and we're down that quintessential person who totally for that fight, we're like, holy cow. <laughs> We really could have used blank. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's not just you. No, I know. <laughs> no. But, but um, it, it just really goes to show how well we all mesh together for the fact that we have not been completely annihilated. And that, like, there's just, you know, maybe the dice are rolling in our favor that day or whatever. But we're so well balanced that it has not been a complete knockout, whether it's the fact that Remus is immune to fire damage. And it just so happens that almost everybody got blitzed except Remus. Who's like, and I, then like, I should have died probably two or three times if we hadn't leveled up, like right? straight up. I, I got a new ability at level seven that helps with cutting damage from deck saving throws. And like, it's, it's just timing sometimes of things that work out and like, Mm-hmm. but it's, you can't make you can't write this stuff but yeah, it's great can't. and that's why like with the 40 different things happening and wolves with laser eyes like it's just it's awesome it is so that everyone uh we're gonna uh, take a shift in this uh episode and we're gonna jump into a uh not i want to say shorter conversation but we have a little bit more of a direct point to talk about and this with really with mark because we highlighted it earlier is that Mark is the, I want to say the newbie of the group, right. the newbie to D and D of, of all of us. I mean, you're not, man, you're not really new anymore to it though. Like you're really not. And you took Azoth through one hell of a journey and there has, he's been through so many shifts and changes. And there are some DMS that are like, no, you're not changing mid mid character. And I'm not gonna lie. If, Ricky, if you were just like, hey, you know what? I don't think Remus wants to be a rogue anymore. I want to make him be a fighter all the way. Ooh, it's not really that easy, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know how I, would, how I would be the same because it'd be like, come on. I, I would work with it more, but I can't say it wouldn't be the same. 
But I understand coming into this game, like I, I fully understand when you come in and you're like, I really don't know what I'm doing. I think I made a person. I think I know how they're going to be. And then you play a couple of sessions and you're like, whoa, that's not what I wanted to do with this. So can I change my character this way? And it's like, yeah, let's make it. Let's see if this is how he's going to develop. No, he's not. All right, we're going to turn him back. What has that been like as a new player to really like you've, t- you've taken some 180 turns. Yeah. Um, I mean, thankfully, I think the one thing up to this point that it hasn't been is I've never wanted to deviate so far away from Azoth as a druid, like going the sense of making him into a fighter or something else. It's always been, I feel, and I think this kind of harkens into what Danny's saying. If we're looking at it from a character's perspective, Azos out in the real world for like the first time. If he's been a druid, he's been cooped up in these woods in um, uh, Brian Spell. He doesn't know about anything. Maybe, maybe it's been one of those things where uh, you know your my my powers or abilities have almost been um, constrained in like a, a Faraday cage of the woods. They've never allowed me to reach my full potential because of the what ifs. Like, we haven't even uh, seen his final form yet, right? Um, so I, I, part of me thinks that this adaptation or these like little flavor changes of where I thought I might want to go with Azoth have been kind of organic and natural because there've never been really any crazy deviations from that. It was always like a blend or maybe a metamorphosis or like a, uh, evolution of that, or that's how I was looking at it. Um, so it's felt natural in that sense. And I also think because we never fully jumped into a hard, all right, it's changed. This is what it's going to be. It was always a let's naturally kind of let this go. These things happen. Maybe you'll throw at me the things needed to make it happen. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, maybe it wasn't meant to be, or that's, you know, the way of saying like, it's not going to work out that way. Um. So yeah, as as far as like a new player goes, I appreciate it because it's allowed me to essentially develop Azoth and really figure out maybe this is the way I was looking at it all along. I just didn't know because I hadn't done enough research yet as to I, I could play him that way. Um so yeah. Well, he definitely has gone through a a, t- a turnaround. And you got you got your hand, your feet wet and playing with him as a wizard for a little bit. Yep. You we threw on more spells and you were just like, no, that's not my feeling. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, the, the whole I don't know. I guess the whole idea, I think. And again, this would be probably me just needing to do more research because I didn't research like the wizard aspect of it. Yeah. Like, the idea like right now, I like the idea of just being, you know, I know the spell. I can cast it. I can do this. I can do this like the whole wizard thing with the writing it down and having to figure this out and get that, like, that was just like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it's, 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 it's something to take on as a player because I mean, I I do want to help out as a DM, but there are certain parts of like the part of being the wizard is that this is the, you're you're the scholar. You are the one that studies it. If you were to say we're starting a new campaign, if you were to be like, Hey Mark, do you want to play as a wizard? I'd probably flat out be like, no. I just, that's just too, there's just, it's It's a lot. It's too smart for me. Like, I don't, I don't want to, as much as I said earlier that this is like a job and we have to do work, that's a different type of work that 
I don't know that I can put in like, and then that it would be a disservice. Like, well, wizard is a very different style of play too, because you're really, you're not going to gain and progress the same way as you would as a Druid. The payoff is that you get to be a wizard at the very end. You're looking at ninth level wish meteor storm power word kill. Right. Like expels that are just like, you will, you will decimate. And the payoff is worth it to get there. But if you're, if, I mean, you have to want to be able to play that kind of a character. And it's not to say that none of you will want to play drastically different characters moving forward, but it's very interesting to see how Azoth was like, you try, I always describe druids as kind of tree wizards, uh, unless you're the, the circle of the moon. Cause that's really what it is. You have some, some ties to nature. You get to do a little bit of shape shifting and then you have spell slots that are all nature based. But if you mm-hmm. do the, the circle of the moon, which is where you're like, I'm not, I don't want to be a wizard. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a circle of the, so, the swamp or the land. We're like, yeah, let's give it the moon. And you played it into a perfect role playing too. And you really capstoned on your B shapes. Like you own it. And I mean, at higher levels of Druid, I mean, you start to do uh, unlimited B-shapes. You can cast through your B-shape. You can um, turn into elementals. Like, level, like when you get higher, it, it, Druid, level 20 Druid is very equally powerful as, as a t- level 20 wizard. It's just a different style of play. And I think Azoth more so definitely is a wizard. But it's very interesting to just kind of hear how you came in and you really take, took work. You learned and you right. worked with it. Um, now before we get into where we're going to be moving forward with the campaign with you, I did want to ask, I want to make sure we do ask Remus and Howard specifically if they had to reshape and reclass themselves. Cause I did it with you and, uh, with you and Tony yesterday, last time you had to reclass. What would you be reclassed as for Howard? Um... Howard. Mm, that's tough. Knowing him? Ooh, man, that's, that is tough. You know what? Sit and think on it for a moment. We'll come back yeah, to you. come back to me. Ricky. So are you saying, like, if, like, right now, the character I have, or, like, if I were to recreate entirely? Sure. Sure. oh okay well <laughs> no I, like i i think i what did i say i can't remember how we did it last time was it uh up to the point mark i i honestly don't remember i don't even remember what my answer was um but my head's in other places right now so that's okay um, um let's say i guess right now if you were to reclass them where would you see them also reclassing so if they were going to scrapping a rogue scrapping a warlock where are you flashing okay. forward um that's tough i could see maybe like a like an eldritch knight like a fighter like yet slight cat like cantrip style uh quartercaster quartercaster yeah i've i've never like mark you're you're not alone i have very like wizards way too much for me Mm-hmm. Um, Warlock was my first character ever, and I thought that was perfect because it's just like a taste of spellcasting, and like it doesn't make you like you focus more on your cantrips, and like you don't have to worry about too many spell slots that are all the same level. Um, and it's just so it's it's hard knowing that many spells and wanting to like play a good job. So like for me, Rogue, it's you know what your your things are, your abilities. 
Um, so yeah, I would say fighter because it's a little more basic, but you can still flavor in. It's it's such a vast class. Like you can be crazy different things. You can't be a gunslinger though in Barovia. That'd be weird. That'd be interesting in Barovia. Unless the gun shoots out like wooden stakes or crosses. Oh, (laughs) that'd be pretty cool. I love that. Would be just some. Yeah, I was just thinking like some bandits. What if you had a gunslinger Eldritch Knight? And his and that's where it was. He's casting through the guns, That'd through his shots. That's a character build idea. Danny, that's... what's with how? Well, if we're refleshing Howard, wow. all right. So he would probably take either some kind of mix of sorcerer and paladin. Really? Yeah, and probably go that route with like a mix between them two. Um, I know. I think it's uh, the paladin has like a. Oathbreaker, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, subclass that he'd probably take. Might go like Soul Sorcerer, maybe. On that part, too. So it's kind of like a little bit of like a... Almost like a utility kind of a character. Hmm. Um, and probably go that route, I guess. Interesting. Sorcerers are cool. Get yeah. the sorcery points can really play with the amount of magic. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, divine soul sorcery, you also get some healing aspects as well. You get some healing aspects as well too. Yeah, which well, it's like if, if you're mixing that in with a paladin, that could kind of like you know, could kind of I stack could, up. A I bit, could, but yeah, I could see a oathbreaker of the Yellow King mm-hmm. be very interesting. Yeah, to uh, work maybe- with. That may or may not have been a uh, a current thought that I had for Howard. We could take. We, def- we could definitely talk. We definitely Who could knows? talk about this, Danny. Yeah. We could definitely talk about this. I do know for sure, though. Like, I do want him to at least get up to level nine warlock because there's a certain feat that I get with my tome, with my book mm. of shadows that I can use with all the other party members, but has to be level nine. So I'm like, a... and and here's a big decision. Will does Howard want to get to level nine? That's as a the warlock. Thing. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if you've noticed and like kind of goes back to what Mark was saying of uh, being open, like letting your character grow mm-hmm. um, as he's leveled up. Like a lot of the things that normally I would be like, Oh yeah, let's do this. Cause he's a warlock. Let's get all Eldritchy. Let's all get all like horror aspect and madness and insanity um, has kind of changed into what Howard has been through and learning ways to adapt to that so for instance there was a period where we were falling all the time and howard happened to learn fly because he got tired of falling like that was a character choice for him to be like okay well let's figure out how to stop this for like his own benefit and everything whereas like from a like a game point like it doesn't really make a lot of sense to pick up a fly spell but it would make sense for howard because that's he was falling all the time he was tired of it so very uh, natural and organic leveling. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Interesting character ideas. Uh, I have a question because yes. I don't know much about the class. Can you describe a blood hunter to me? Yeah. Because I think that could be a cool re- class for Remus if it is fit right. All right. So they're a uh, blood hunter. I-, I have never played much of the Witcher video games, but the best way that they've been described is that it's Matt Mercer's sub uh, Matt Mercer's class and it's inspired through like uh, the Witcher where you are basically you are hunting the creature 
and you are becoming and taking on traits of that creature to best assist you to hunt it. Think uh, Van Helsing becoming uh, the werewolf to help, uh, becoming part werewolf to help him fight other werewolves and to kill Dracula. So um, with the blood hunter, uh, there is the lycanthrope. I think it's, cir- it's uh, circles is what is what you would take is their subclasses. And there is oh, no order. That's what it is. Order. order. So there's the uh, lycanthrope. So basically, as you progress in this, you take on it's a mix of turning into and becoming and being able to turn into like a werewolf or where whatever animal that you're a part of, as well as you get warlock like blood magic traits. So you can infuse and kind of like cause your swords to like, if you're melee weapons, you can cause them to like become magical damage, but you take like some personal hit point damage to activate that magic and those spells you can cause um, basically like almost like eldritch invocations and uh, properties and conditions to affect your part, uh, your opponent, but it comes at a cost where you have to take a little bit of a, you have to roll a die and see if you lose any hit points from it. But as you progress, yeah. you become more, you take on those traits. Like uh, the one order is that you, you can uh, become a lycanthrope. There's mm-hmm. one where you can take on the path of being a, uh, uh, almost like a, a ghost or like a specter where you can like pass through walls and you can like, you become transparent, like a ghost and you become ethereal. There is one where it's more of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where you take potions and literally like change and mutate your own body. And at certain levels, once you take a certain path, this is like an ad- adaptation that you, you can't go back from. Like you chose this choice, you take this detriment of, uh, of an effect. And then there's also the profane soul. There it is, the profane soul. Which one is that specifically? What is? Uh, according to D&D Beyond, it uh, hemocrafts, uh, ancient and cruel fiends and terrors of the world. Um its order is trust in the resilience and delved in the same of corrupting arcane knowledge, making packs with lesser evils to better combat the greater. So it looks like uh, it's almost a uh, kind of looks like a warlock, almost the archface, celestial fiend, old one, hexblade, undying. Yes. Magic. Would, would you say it's similar to Ghost Rider? Seems like it. That one is very similar to a Ghost Rider. I could see that, you know, depending Sick. on who you take your turt, take your. Uh, taking your um your pact with kind of like a like uh the fiend you know you gain yeah. some spells from them and then you also kind of gain some additional abilities and further spells moving forward so the profane soul is more of the spell caster of the uh blood hunters but they're pretty cool with their class features what they do get is you get the blood maledicts you gain the ability to channel and sometimes sacrifice part of your vital essence to curse and manipulate creatures through chemocraft so it's very blood magic. Yeah. Um, and then it's also a mix of a fighter. So you're a, uh, you gain a fighting style as well as you gain um, abilities to imbue your, uh, your weapons with. Uh, that blood magic. Types of da- with blood magic, but damage. So uh, at the, at earlier levels, you gain either fire damage, cold damage, or lightning damage at higher levels. You can gain necrotic psychic and thunder damage. And. I mean, I mean, if you can fight through and you can survive to higher levels, you there is some blood uh, maledicts and blood curses that are very, very hurtful. 
you know, causing a lot of necrotic damage and just sucking away your opponent's health from it. Very interesting. I, I recommend you check much, it out. It's very so much that might like be another a, Remus one. Yeah. It's very much of like a high risk, high reward style of play. So if you like taking like certain risks and gambles and stuff like that, that's, that's hmm. good. It'd Sick. essentially be the wizard as the you're playing. Uh, if you're a wizard and you're playing the high risk, high reward to be able to get to those higher levels with those higher spell slots, this would be the high risk, high reward fighter or martial class. Got it. Yeah, to be played cool. with. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Now, uh, Mark. Before no. we finally wrap up, I want to touch on uh, you. You have a new character in the developments. Yeah. So, what has it been like? Like, we've made some one shots and some one off characters, but you brought this up to our attention last week to kind of be like, hey, I have a new character in the works. How do you feel about him? And we're all very open and we're like very interested to see how they're going to, when, when they come in. But what has it been like to make another new character that is an actual character? player character that you're really going to play as not some podsville or having some fun around fun with them what has it been like to kind of be like i'm making a new character now you know where you were and you've actually been able to see different styles of play from danny being a spell being uh, the warlock with ricky being more of marshall and even finks being a healer yeah so i'll I'll try and stay on track about this as much as I can. I tend to go off on tangents. Uh, so I apologize in advance for that. Um, I, I still am much like Danny had mentioned that Howard is, he plays Howard as uh, if you were to play like um, Skyrim, almost like an archer, you know, he likes to hold mm-hmm. back and go from afar or if, you know, modern warfare, you're a sniper. Um I, I've kind of always liked those play styles as well. If I play like GTA, I kind of like to hide off in the hills and snipe people. Or, you know, uh, I always seem to gravitate towards like a bow and arrow in any type of fantasy realm setting. I, I don't know what it is about it. I've just never been a fan of beat em up brawler, Hulk style action. Um, you know, uh, it comes to superheroes, Batman is like my all time favorite superhero. And he's kind of all into technology and he still does things a lot of times from afar or as non-lethal as he can, he can be, you know, he still gets, you know, he'll punch and break some legs and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, off in the shadows, sulking and things like that. So knowing this, I, I would say I still have a pretty passive slash defensive style of role-playing when I role-play. Um, and that's okay. I like that. Um, when I do improv at comedy sports, um, if you ever come watch once the show's open back up and if I start playing again, you'll notice that there's four of us on the stage and it's always the polite thing to share the stage with your peers and never to let one person like take over the show. And I really take that to heart. Um, and I will tend to be in the background a lot. We have a window that we can use. Um, I kind of like to be in the window, like kind of behind the scenes, still doing whatever little quip or thing that I have to do that's appropriate at the time. But I take advantage of a lot of like behind the scenes type of things. It's just something I'm really comfortable with. Yeah. I can make a, an impact or still be seen, even though I'm not like front and center. Mm-hmm. So knowing that background, um, about a month ago, uh, we had to put my dog and 
he was like 15 and it was fine you know i'm not like devastated or heartbroken he was old he was you know having accidents and everything like that but Mm -hmm. his name when we got him from my old boss was he was a purebred beagle his name was trevor's mad max so i thought it would be fun to the idea like we've always talked before like i I, we've we've talked about like uh how can you build this character in DD? when we played podsville i tried to build king from tekken so he was like a tabaxi wrestler you know, we tried to, you know, make, uh, you know, we, we've done these like character builds of these non D&D characters in a D&D setting. So knowing that I, I was, I've been thinking about it over the past month or so. And again, I, I'm about research. I like to kind of like get into things and I wanted, I, I, I started with the name. So I had Mad Max um, and I was like, all right, Trevor's Mad Max. Okay, so we'll go with Mad Max for a name. I want to incorporate that somehow into this character. I think it would be a fun way to kind of like honor him, even with my my son who's kind of watching. Maybe he would pick up on it and, you know, kind of like click in uh, for him because it was like, you know, his dog. Um, so then I started thinking, okay, a mad character. And I know there's a lot of political correctness or sensitivities towards mental health disabilities and so on and so forth and even in a fantasy setting it's still respectful to be respectful of that and i wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to do any kind of like insensitive to anything like that so you know i was starting to think about these like mad characters and you have like like willy wonka you have like Mm -hmm. uh, the mad hatter from i was i mean there's alice in wonderland but i was more thinking like batman jarvis the mad hatter um uh, in the Batman Arkham games, there's this really fun sequence with uh, Jarvis Tetch who brings you in and lures you through the team. Like, it's a really fun, like, mind, you know, kind psychological of a- game. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, let's go that route. And we've always talked about building these characters and things like that. So I started thinking about what characters are mad that we can, I can play off of without having to be like insane or. I don't want to go the like murder hobo, you know, route or anything like that. I, I, I want it to be like, and I appreciate that no one in the party is a murder hobo. I, I want yeah. it to be like, good. Yes. I don't want to be off the rails. I don't want to derail anything. Again, I kind of wanted to like find this passive thing. So I started looking to things that I was really familiar with and like, I enjoy and Alice in Wonderland. I, I've kind of always had a thing for it. And like Willy Wonka as well. Like there's this weird, like, stupidly they're they're kid stories but they're not like you know what i mean they're they're just they're darker than they really are oh yeah um and i mean basically what it eventually led me down towards is what kind of a character especially even in barovia could a character like the cheshire cat be he's not the focus of alice in wonderland but he still plays an important part in weirdly enough guiding alice kind of like as a conscious as to where she needs to go by being indirect, indecisive, and kind of just this kind of like, you don't know where you're going, then maybe you're going the right way. Like those there's, weird kind of like quotes and quips that he has. There's some madness to him still. And I, I like where you're going with this. So knowing that he's a cat, I started looking into like different 
things as to how this could play out. And I, when I eventually, when I settled on and I end, ended up like building him and, and whatever, um, cause I've got in my mind right now, and this is where I'll, I'm probably not going to go into too many details. Cause this is where the fun is going to be. I know in my mind how I want to play as it, but essentially what we're going with now is however we, uh, take Azoth out of the playing field and put him on the back burner. Um, because he's been fun, but again, I think that was more or less like, you know, training wheels. Now the training wheels have come off, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's more to be done with... I, I kind of like where he is, and that's like that comfort food you can go back to, you know? You don't want to try something new, so he'll be there, because I don't want to kill him off completely. He'll be there. But um, what, what we're basically dealing with is... Um, a tabaxi warlock um, with the fey patron. Um, and based on the abilities and the feats and the spells that I've picked for him, the, the, like I know as a warlock, uh, Howard, you, or Danny, you play as Howard, you know, the Eldritch Blast. And when Titus played the one day he played as a warlock, I was like, the Eldritch Blast thing is fun. You can throw these like fireballs and like you guys are doing, ripping all kinds of this damage and stuff. It is a staple, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I didn't pick it because I, I the Cheshire Cat wouldn't be throwing fireballs. I, you, I feel like he's going to be a good addition to the party where he's going to be able I think he's going to be able to do what I wanted Azoth to do while we were in the desert temple um with that whole like trying to bargain with people and make deals and be deceitful and go that kind of route to kind of change the game in our favor like Azoth pulled a little bit of that at the gates with the guards um but I want it to be more of that. And I think that's more or less the route that I kind of would like to go still being able to alter the course enough where like I set them up and you guys knock them down basically. And I I think that's, I don't know. I, yeah. I think it will be a great addition to the group. And I think it'll be very interesting for us all to see how, he's going to work too. And especially because you're going to go off of a very uh, charisma based character, your part the party is going to be very charisma heavy. I just pulled up. I know, I know Howard is. And I realized Ricky, your charisma is it's not bad. Yeah. Fair, fairly decent charisma. Um, it was, <laughs> I believe it was because I started out and I was like, all right, I'm a rogue, but I have to like, fit into these places and like Remus's concept is like long con like so he has to submerge himself into scenarios so yeah, I've got some I've got some charisma that we don't really use but I I don't need to <laughs> yeah but I mean like but with it all comes out it's very interesting to see how you all will play off of each other because I mean at least in my from what I feel like I've seen you don't always have there's always like one or two maybe one face for the party and maybe two that's how i felt it was kind of 
Howard became one of the faces and you took over as kind of a leadership in the, like, I'm the sword wielder. That's what we're doing too with uh, him. So I'm very curious to see how uh, mad uh, Max is going to be included with this and a nice departure from Azoth can be good. Yeah. I don't see it as a, as a negative trait and we don't have to kill him off. And who knows what he'll do. Uh, Barovia is very easy to work with and the miss come and go. Correct. But very interesting. So uh, that's, you know, it, it's again, a lot of it was in, in, in and I, if, if you had said no a couple weeks ago when I was talking about it, that would have been fine. I wouldn't have been upset or sad playing as Azoth. You know, I still have fun with him. Yeah. Like I said, I just think this, our story has changed so much as it is with the different plane shifting and realms and things like that. And I think had we stayed in um, Brian Spell, or not even Brian Spell, um, Brian Spell was just the city. Feybala. Feybala. Had we stayed in Feybala, I think that would have been great for Azoth. But even just seeing the way that it was, I mean, I know the desert technically was part of Feybala, but it didn't feel like it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's one of those things like it's, it's, it's probably time to take off the training wheels and really like. Play. You're coming in, you're, you're in a, you're, you're bringing in a new character into a new land that is unforgiving. Yeah. And I mean, and the fact that you're coming in at level one, too, that's just good for you. I'm not so with you, man. I, I mean, I, 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 oh, like, God, oh, no. Really no, 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 no. <laughs> I was waiting for a reaction and man, like, wow, like, oh, wow. <laughs> but see, that's the thing, though. If you had said, like, he's coming in at level one, I'd be like, all right, change him to level one. We'll make it work. I, no, no, no. No, uh, I'm not going to do that. I, 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 this is not the place to have you start a level one, especially with the new character with the party that is all at um, higher levels. That's would not be, he wouldn't be around for long. Let's say <laughs> he'd probably make it half of an encounter before taking a loose fireball. Uh, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, dodged properly. Right. But I think Barovia and the party will do great with him. And you, you guys are all becoming a mix of odd races. It went from a very standard human half orc tiefling to we're bringing in goblins. Got rid of we're getting rid of the elf. We're bringing in uh, tabaxi. You guys are a nice little. You change it up and you keep it different. That's what I do like. But guys. It's been a great conversation, great discussion, great topic. Went a little bit over than what I was thinking we'd do originally. So, hey, everyone got a nice little hour and a half chunk of some role for wisdom. Uh, thank you so much, everyone that has been tuning in. Uh, I have I forgot to pro, uh, push it earlier. This is one of our T-shirts. You can catch it at our Teespring. The link is in the description below. As uh, on the Facebook and the YouTube, go on over to our uh, link tree uh, page. Hit it. It is linked over to our Teespring, as well as if you're catching this on a replay via YouTube. Link is in the description, as well as if you're listening to this and you didn't get to watch it, you want to see what T-shirt I'm talking about, head on over, click that uh, Linktree link in the description and uh, pick up a T-shirt, support the stream, and make sure that you do hit those subscribe, like, follow on our social media, podcasters underscore tabletop gaming, as well as over at 
our Twitch podcasters underscore. I've been near uh, one of your hosts, Anthony Bullen. I'm joined here by with my players. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, uh, for Danny Chavez, Mark Warner, Ricky Coates. Thank you guys so much. Um, it feels weird not letting you all say goodbye. So, keep, I, I, that's the chicken. Keep oh, that's the chick. Wait, it, it, it goes in the dark. Yeah, I I can't even roll to that. I'm just. I rolled a nine on my D six. <laughs> <laughs>